got a right to tell us how to worship So let's tell the government to get up out of churches We ain't choking no more Tell them my hopes in the Lord The time for speaking is past It's time to open the doors You ain't got no right to tell us how to worship So let's tell the government to get up out of service We ain't choking no more Tell them my hopes in the Lord The time for speaking is past So let's reopen the doors Hello everybody, what is up? <clears throat> I am already losing my voice. As you can see by the title, or if you can't, because on Facebook I don't think you can see the title, but I have titled this episode The Megatron Variant because that is what is coming, and that's funnier than what it's actually called, and also calling it The Megatron Variant will probably block uh, some... Uh, some censorship so it's the megatron variant on uh on the bro here's the thing podcast but first i want to talk about uh this federal bill if you haven't heard there's a federal bill being passed similar to jason kenney's law in uh alberta that would help um punish people that block entrances to hospitals for protests now obviously what you've probably been seeing in the news is that they're uh, portraying it as violent angry mobs are descending on hospitals and bullying cancer patients out of getting the treatment that they need um very clearly not what has happened i mean i haven't watched every protest video but I've been at lots of protests for the freedom side and I've only ever seen one person act remotely violent to someone that disagreed with them unless it was, uh, you know, a masked Antifa type coming. So what you guys can do to help me is like, and share this video. You can comment, say hi, um, keep liking the video, whatever, it is that you need to do that you think would help me out. That would be fantastic. Um, so I'm just going to show a video of a, it's a, so this is a global video from a couple months ago showing what a protest looked like and their, the way that they talked about it. And there was already a push for uh, legislation to go after people that are protesting outside of hospitals. And so, you can see the villainization starting then. And I'm going to bring it up here. Um, so, where is it? Nope. So we'll just play this together. They have mounted protests outside hospitals across the country. Say no to the vaccine passport in Canada. Among the organizers, a few health workers, including a nurse who was fired after being part of an anti-lockdown rally last year. They're protesting vaccine mandates. So as you can see what these crowds actually look like, and keep in mind, this is from Global, who's going to say that uh, what these people are doing is uh, basically trying to reflect them in the most negative light possible, right? So keep that in mind as it shows these people talking. Being forced, they say, to take drugs they don't want. Being forced, they say, to take drugs they don't want. That's exactly what's happening. You are being forced or coerced to take drugs you don't want, right? 
So they say, no, that's that's what's happening. Threatening, it's conjoling, <laughs> it's bullying, it's tyranny. Call it whatever you like. It's wrong. You have a guy with an English accent, which is very helpful to the cause um, because they sound smarter than us normal people. Really basic human rights are being violated. They're a fraction of the population, but even small numbers could choke off access to hospitals. I mean, the most violent thing you might see is a lock her or him up chant, um, which isn't calling for just wild imprisonment of people. It would be having that person go to trial. I don't, I don't know the context of that one, but that's basically the most violent thing I've seen at any protest is the lock her up chant. Or intimidate workers and patients. One doctor, a lone sentinel outside a Toronto hospital today, stands behind the science and vaccines that are accepted by the vast majority. Like, he obviously went to work and then found a cardboard lid, like a cardboard box lid. Uh, and if you can't see it, it's a doctor. He's got a floral bandana on and a surgical mask outside in September at the time. And... Uh, Dressed in his uh, his hospital gear with his with his protect hospital sign. Party of Canadians. Behind us is sacred ground. This is a place where people. Hello. I think that that's a really interesting thing that he says. That the hospital is sacred ground. That does make a good point. That uh, science and healthcare and protecting the healthcare system has become a new religion. Um, he said it for me. People come to get healed where people are sick and where professionals like myself and the nurses I work with deserve to be treated with respect and not intimidated or harassed. He's not alone. Major health organizations for nurses and doctors are calling for safe zones to allow people into and out of hospitals safely. What we really are hoping for is that um, those entryways, those exit ways are maintained, that the healthcare workers that are going in and out of hospitals are not harassed or abused and ultimately that they can do their job uh, in the middle of a pandemic in a meaningful way. It is not. So talking to people who actually did protests outside of hospitals, um, a lot of them were doctors and nurses, and um, they would never block access to the hospital for someone. It is a gross mischaracterization of those people's motives, right? Not the place to protest. It is wrong. All the federal. It kind of seems like it would actually be the right place to protest, honestly. As long as you're actually not blocking access to the hospital, that would be bad. Uh, but like I said, I don't know if I've ever seen a group of anti mandatory cookie, cookie, right? Uh, protesters block the access for ambulances or try and scare away cancer patients or something. It, it's ridiculous. Leaders condemned blocking access to health centers today. These protests, this. Hold on, we need a word from our favorite conservative robot man. No offense, but he is pretty robotic here. I'm just gonna rewind a second. Protests, this harassment of our frontline uh, nurses, doctors. That feedback is their audio, not mine is completely unacceptable. The Liberals say they'll pass legislation <clears throat> to make it a crime. We are protecting people, including healthcare workers, from those 
who would scream obscenities at them. Uh, Laura asks in the chat, don't they block their own hospitals when they go on strike? Yeah, I mean, that is a good point. Uh, hospital workers have been known to go on strike in the past. And so, of course, we understand that this is always just narrative manipulation, right? That's what it is. It's always going to be a manipulation, a manipulation of the narrative. So when the hospitals, when hospital workers went on strike in the past, the media didn't go, oh, shame on them. They're stopping access to hospitals and people can't get the care they need. It would always be worked out. Uh, to the public as um, hospital workers are too overworked and underpaid and they need your love and support. So you need to support them in this strike or we need to get them back to work as fast as possible and get that new contract worked out or whatever it is. It's always positive for the healthcare workers that agree with the nar narrative, right? So let's rewind here. I want to see what, what our boy Justin has to say. I kind of missed it. We are protecting people, including healthcare workers, from those who would scream obscenities at them and spit on them on their way into work. So this gets, uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm noticing that this gets repeated a lot, um, the obscenities and spitting. And so there, maybe there was one event. There has to, uh, there doesn't have to be, I should reword that. But it seems like that must have happened once because that's what they all use. Uh, you're going to see a current video coming up here um, where she talks about spitting as well. And I mean, I've never been at a, at a freedom fighter type rally or protest where someone spat on a, on a healthcare worker, you know, <laughs> like I don't, I, I mean, so I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying that from what I can tell, those are the, not the people not the people that spit on others to save <clears throat> lives. This healthcare worker is blunt. To bring this here, to bring this kind of vitriol of where people have been working flat out. Hold on a second. All right, so the guy that you just heard talk, he is fist bumping and high-fiving some guy who's wearing a mask. He's not wearing a mask in the first shot. If you're listening to this on audio, you can see they're doing some kind of thing here. That must be the reporter, I believe. This healthcare worker is bumping. blunt. To bring this here to bring And boom, he's got his mask on uh, for the interview outside. Like, in real time, you watch them try and manipulate the narrative. Oh, I'm being filmed now. I'll put my mask on for this interview. It's so transparent this kind of vitriol of where people have been working flat out um, and continue to go nonstop uh, to help people uh, it's hard to understand the rationale the demonstrators have targeted what for most canadians are cherished institutions that save lives and if the protesters themselves get sick and need help will save their lives too eric Sorensen, global news toronto Laura says they need to be protected from sparkle socks, which I can only imagine is a reference to our dear friend, Justin Trudeau. So now I'm going to show you guys a current video, uh, 
from CBC. And uh, it's showing the legislation that's brought in. In that legislation is also 10 sick days uh, for healthcare workers, which I'm going to skip that part because I don't care, really. Um, how do we not... How do we not know if it wasn't staged by Antifa or the CBC? Look, we can always speculate that anything that happened from a freedom fighter was done by Antifa, and there's probably a good chance that it's true, but I have no evidence, right? So, greetings from Ontario. Nice. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for getting active in the chat. It helps me out immensely. Um, so moving on, uh, like I said, this is a video from CBC and it is, um, for criminalizing anti cookie protests. And here she is live from the CBC. Well, she's not live now, but you know, you know what I mean? Okay. Let's play her. The federal government is moving to protect health care workers. It's put forward legislation in response to a series of protests at hospitals that intimidated and endangered health care workers and patients. Remember, intimidated, intimidated, and how, what did she put, how did she put it? That intimidated and endangered health Intimidated and endangered. So they, 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 did something that actually endangered the safety of healthcare workers. That's, that's what she's saying. Uh, like I said, I haven't seen that. And then also intimidated. <sighs> this is the problem with a lot of our laws. Um, intimidating or feeling intimidated could be subjective. Um, I often wear a mask at the grocery store or often don't wear a mask at the grocery store. And I have rarely had anyone say anything to me. That's probably because those people feel intimidated because of what I look like. Uh, whereas one of my friend's wives go, she's five foot one or something. She gets, she gets um, verbally attacked all the time if she's not wearing a mask because people pick on her. So intimidation is subjective. Um, moving on. Healthcare workers and patients. You know, when we look to the protests that were happening outside of hospitals, these were not peaceful protests. These were not peaceful protests. Generalizing, none of them were peaceful protests, is what she's basically saying, I think. Um, we'll get some context out of her, but there it is. Uh, these were not peaceful. None of them. None of them were peaceful protests. These were people getting in the face of patients, vulnerable patients, trying to access care. There, the accusation is a guy went to a hospital to protest, saw, let's make it a leukemia patient or something, whose all of their hair is falling out because they're on chemotherapy, and he went up to her and, and he said, and he went up to this cancer victim and said, forced... Forced cookies are bad. You can't go to the hospital. That's what happened. That's 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 what's being put forward here, essentially, right? 
In the face of patients, vulnerable patients trying to access care, yelling and spitting on them, following healthcare professionals to their cars, vandalizing their vehicles, people feel... So I'm being asked, do I still have the promo with resistance coffee? I do. So I'll use this as an opportunity to plug myself. You can still go to resistance coffee company, use my discount code Davis and save 10% off your first order. Now, what they are doing, I believe is making uh, a new website set up where it will be resistance coffee company slash Davis. I have tried to type that in a few times to check to see how it's going. Still not there. So I believe you would still enter Davis at checkout um, to get the 10% discount. Uh, thanks. Anyway, we'll carry on with her. We'll, we'll, let's backtrack again here. Professionals to their cars, vandalizing their vehicles. People. So again, the accusation is vandalizing their vehicles. Like... You don't even know if that doctor agrees or disagrees with you and you're going to follow them and vandalize their vehicle. I had, I just have a hard time um, believing that this happened more than once. Uh, it may have happened, but she's making it a broad sweeping thing where every protest, <laughs> every protest was A, violent, B, menacing, C, had vehicles being vandalized at everyone and and doctors being followed feeling threatened that people may be following them home i've heard from feeling threatened is different than being threatened i can i can right now feel like someone across the street is threatening me but that doesn't mean it's real many physicians that have received multiple death threats one of my colleagues in Death threats, even. I, I want to see them, I guess. I want to see the evidence. I don't know. I mean, I believe that it's happened, I'm sure. But to just make this the standard. In the Yukon received six death threats in one day. The bill also brings in 10 days of... Speaking of which, um, you guys have probably seen my repost of my friend Matt, who is a firefighter who's losing his job. On his original post, um, a lady posted multiple memes about hoping he would die. So is that a death threat? Is that a death threat? Do you care about that? Do you care about that? No, you don't, because he's uncookied scum. Let's see what she has to say. The bill also brings in 10 days of paid sick leave in the federally regulated private sector. Okay, we're going to skip Seamus this part. We're going to go to 302 was the timestamp because I believe that's where we get back to the new stuff. So paid sick leave, don't care. I mean, I get paid sick leave. It's pretty awesome, but I don't think an employer should actually probably have to pay for sick leave because, uh, I'm uh, 
pretty libertarian on that kind of stuff. I don't know. And, you know, there's always a concern of a future pandemic. So let's prepare now. These are lessons learned, I agree, from the pandemic. Let's enact. Let's prescribe. Let's do the right thing. Today's announcement also includes new measures to keep healthcare workers and patients safe. Um, you know, what does it say to you about the state of this country that these kinds of measures are necessary to keep frontline workers and patients safe? See how she puts that forward? What does this say to you about the state of the country? There are people that are being, that are losing their jobs that they've worked in for 10, 15 years, five years, three years, doesn't really matter. But, but, and they worked through a pandemic, so-called pandemic, they worked through a so-called pandemic for two years and were totally safe and didn't get sick and die. And, and yet now they're, they can't go to work. Um, let's talk about that state of the, the, the country. Um, people are upset. I think it's pretty fair at this point to be upset. I, you know, you have an emotional reaction when you see it. Okay. So he pauses and like looks really sad and downtrodden for a second. And, um, it's not good acting. I'm going to, I'm going to rewind that actually. Let's, let's, let's see that again. No, hold on. These kinds of measures are necessary to keep frontline workers and patients safe. Look at this guy. I, you know, Give you have an emotional reaction when you see it. I think like millions of other Canadians, I was disgusted by what I saw and how uh, nurses and doctors in this country were treated. Um, and uh, it, it shouldn't be. And look, if people were actually harassed um, or assaulted or followed to their cars or were threatened that they were going to be followed or anything like that, that's all wrong. Very obviously, of course. But um, I think what we see when we see healthcare workers who are on the narrative side being harassed, uh, what we often see is a person in a mask standing outside debating with someone who disagrees with them at these protests, and that is considered harassment because they disagree with the narrative. That's how it looks to me. I can't definitively say that with every situation be allowed to happen um you know i was Shouldn't uh, be you know son happen. of a nurse upset um but you have to put that to one side be clear my, my mother was a nurse and she nursed for a long time she was the best nurse and to see other nurses being treated badly because they're part of a global scam is upsetting Minded about how what we do to make sure that that you know is prevented from ever happening again. Yeah, let's prevent it from ever happening again. Let's make sure we bring in more laws that stop people from peacefully assembling in different locations. Let's slowly weed it down. This is like a yellow. This is like a, a yellow zone. Um, is that what they're called? Like the barrier zone at an abortion clinic. This is gonna be essentially gonna. This is gonna be very similar particularly during a pandemic, but ever. 
And uh, and we think, you know, I think that the, the Minister of Justice and his officials have, have gotten this right. We, of course, had an eye to this to make sure that, uh, you know, freedom of assembly and, and, and strike action were, were incorporated in there. They have been. Um, but this will give us the tools that we need to make sure that, you know, that sort of thing is, is doesn't happen. Do you think more severe penalties will be enough to deter the people behind the... Bring it. Bring the severe penalties. But, um... More people have been hurt by the V mandate. I mean, I w- yeah, I believe that. Yeah, my life is being ruined right now. So, <laughs> I mean, not that my life is being ruined, but my career that I've been at for 15 years is 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 going to be over in January, which kind of sucks. So, they're definitely hurting me. They definitely don't care about the health and safety of my three children. Um, but uh, here we are. It's fine. These kinds of threats. Well, you know. Sorry, I just got to catch what she said there. These will be enough to deter the people behind Uh, these kinds of threats. Fines, um, increased fines. Will that be enough to deter people? Well, you know, we're upping it from five years to 10 years. Uh, I'm hoping. Yes. Uh, Certainly we are giving law enforcement. If you intimidate health care workers, you can go to jail for 10 years and intimidate is subjective crazy man more tools that they need in order to make sure that they can police situations like that uh that there is no doubt in their mind um and frankly you know there is also and and, you know you can criticize some people criticize as a political statement i don't i don't see it as political when you are telling healthcare workers in this country that you support them in a real way and you do not want this to happen to them again that is that is real and that is very real you know who which healthcare workers i support the ones that are all getting fired right now for doing what they believe is the right thing and you know um they're all the healthcare workers that are willing to tell me about all the strokes and heart attacks they're seeing at the hospital right now those are the healthcare workers I support. The healthcare workers that I don't support are the ones that are turning a blind eye to what's happening and, I don't know, maybe telling people that climate change is causing heart attacks. That's really what we want to believe. Climate change is causing heart attacks. Real for them, for those workers. Um, does this legislation do anything to protect healthcare workers from online threats and online harassment? Um, I'll let Minister Lametti get into that. Uh, I mean, to be honest, Katie, my role in this was just to make sure that we looked after workers, the freedom you know, of assembly and their safety and security. Uh, online harassment. Mm, you're worried about the freedom of assembly. That is truly ironic, sir. Well, it is. I would just say this. It is certainly a growing arena of intimidation and one that we got to keep an eye on. Well, certainly we've had uh, we had a doctor on our program a couple in the past couple of weeks who talked about the online threats she's been getting. Um, she ran these things yeah. called Jabapaloozas to, to help get vaccines into arms in, in communities in Ontario. I mean, if you're running something called Jabapalooza, um, I feel like it should be expected that someone's going to threaten you. Cause (laughs) like, I'm not saying you should, I'm just saying that if you come out there with Jabba Palooza, 
I don't know why you wouldn't expect someone to say something mean to you. And the, also, the also, let's see the screenshots of the threats. Let's see them. Where are they? Let's see them. Online threats that some of these doctors are facing and the harassment has deeply disturbed them, deeply concerned them. Um, you know, do you see disinformation? It's disturbing that people are disagreeing with my professional opinion that is also lined and funded. Um, my pockets are being lined and funded uh, by the people that want to inject you with stuff. So my opinion is more important, and it's disturbing that people would disagree with my narrative. So, for example, my company, and I can't remember his name right now, but they brought, they did, we did a webinar uh, with a doctor who wanted to debunk some COVID myths and answer questions from us, and he has taken a $2 million grant from, from Pfizer. So what does his opinion matter to me, right? This is the world we're in. Anyway, let's 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 uh, let's hear the answer to the question. And, and uh, the, this kind of thing spreading on social media is this like the is that the root cause of this harassment we're seeing right now? The spread of disinformation and misinformation on social media. I think disinformation and misinformation certainly doesn't help. That's for sure. I mean, there will be, you know, and there has been, and there will continue to be ongoing analyses of, you know, what exactly, what the heck is going on here. And I mean, look, you can, you can go through human history, and particularly in point of times of human history, like pandemics that have occurred before, and there's always been misinformation, and there is always. You want to talk about history and pandemics and all that stuff? Here's a history lesson: there has never been a time in history where the good guy ended up being the one forcing a foreign object into someone else. That guy's never been the good guy ever in the history of the world. You know what I mean? I'm going to force something into you against your will as vague as it can be. It doesn't matter what that thing is. Show me the good guy that did that to someone else. <laughs> Uh, unless you're, uh, uh, you know, unless you want to look at judges and, you know, the stabbing with the King Eglon. But you know what I mean, right? My point is, history does not look kindly backward on those who forced other people to do things against their will, right? Anyway, uh, let's give it a second pandemics that have occurred before and there's always been misinformation and there has always been intimidation can we cut down on that because you know we're we live in a society now where misinformation can spread like wildfire to millions of people with the with the you know with a, a point and a click um so you know how does government keep up with that how do we look after people that is an ongoing challenge that you know is beyond even just this pandemic or or looking after healthcare workers it is something that as you know you know various ministers and within our government have been trying to to confront in their in their various jurisdictions it's, it's it is a problem yeah um even with the new measures you've announced um are you concerned or are you sort of monitoring to see whether there's going to be an uptick in harassment of of healthcare workers now that we're moving into the vaccination of of children i mean we i foresee an uptick yeah i do me i do i mean she's not asking me but i do well, absolutely. Uh, I think I, mean, I think it's fair to say, of course, we'll be monitoring it and, and we'll be working with provincial authorities on that score. 
You know what probably would have also started an uptick in harassment is uh, the billboards that say, it's totally normal for kids to have heart attacks. Don't worry. Your kid having a heart attack? That's always happened to little kids. Always. We promise. That might cause an uptick in harassment. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm... When I read a billboard like that, I feel a little harassy. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I want to I want to harass somebody about that sign, you know? As well, but I mean, one would certainly By the way, that would have been a paid ad that they would have purchased like to be dropped months ago, probably. So they knew that exactly when it would be rolled out to five to 11 year olds, right? Think about that. I really hope that, um, you know, that uh, the worst of this, the worst of intimidation is behind us, you know? Um, uh, anyway, let's wait and see and, let, and let's hope. I, I have great faith in, in, in the government and, the, and our intentions, certainly behind this bill and making sure that we are there for healthcare workers. All right, Minister O'Regan, thank you for your time today. Thank you. Painful stuff, guys. All right, moving on. So let's do a little international news. We'll go to our friends in the South first. <clears throat> Joe Biden has an announcement for you guys. This is sent to me by my friend Bill Kaufman, who always sends me articles on Thursday because he knows I'm not going to have anything to talk about. And there's no offensive ads. That is beautiful. Just diapers. But pampers are offensive. You know what I mean? I'm, saying? Oh, I'm not a really big fan. Um, all right. So, oh, I opened the wrong one. Bear with me. You know, we could actually listen to the whole article be read, which is interesting. Let's try that. The White House on Thursday said a COVID-19 vaccine requirement for domestic travel is still on the table as the United States heads into the winter months and battles the new Omicron variant. Megatron. The White House on Thursday said a COVID-19 vaccine requirement for domestic... This, playing this, might get me in trouble on YouTube because he says all the words that I don't want to say, but we're rolling the dice. The travel is still on the table as the United States heads into the winter months and back. White House on Thursday said a COVID-19 vaccine requirement for domestic travel is still on the table as the So there you go. Domestic travel. So the US is going to the system of having a pol having a mandate in place for people that want to travel. So if you want to fly from one state to another on a plane, you're going to have to be double cookied. Um, and then also all international travel is going to have to take tests again, whether you have a shot and you or not. So good thing you guys all took your shots to go back to normal. We're right on track to go back to normal as you travel. Have fun with your COVID test again. United States heads your C-19, whatever. Into the winter months and battles the new Omicron variant saying the Biden administration will continue to evaluate and assess on a daily basis. President Biden on Thursday is set to formally announce a series of steps to take on COVID-19, 
including a requirement for all international passengers flying to the U.S. to test for COVID within 24 hours of departure, regardless of vaccination status, and an extension of its mask requirement on all domestic flights and public transportation. So it's never going away. It's just going to be extended. And so a lot of these places, they put it in for months at a time, and then when it's getting close, boom. Extended. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki on Thursday was asked whether a vaccine requirement would be added for passengers traveling on domestic flights. I would say that nothing is off the table, so including domestic travel. Psaki said, noting that there are some strong protections in place already, including the requirement of mask wearing. The White House is set to extend the mask mandate to March 18th, adding a doubling of fines if individuals are known complaint with the requirement. The current mask mandate was slated to expire on January 18th following an extension last August. The mask requirement has contributed to a spike in altercations on flights and other forms of public transportation. Last month, Attorney General Merrick Garland ordered the Justice Department to enhance its efforts to prosecute unruly passengers. Hmm. We base our decisions on the advice of the health and medical experts, Psaki said, noting that officials are looking at a range of factors as we make decisions about what steps we can put in place. Again, nothing's off the table, Psaki added. And White House Coronavirus Task Force Coordinator Jeffrey Zients this week was asked during an interview on MSNBC about a potential domestic flight vaccine requirement, something he, too, left as an option. So they're talking about it. That means it's probably going to happen. Um, you can see that they're going after uh, they're going after people that don't want to wear masks, that are getting fed up with it. And, like, uh, you, you can't act violent. I don't, again, I don't know the, the cases or whatever that's being referred to, but... They're upping the fines and the prosecution and the severity of the charge, like the um, the convictions. They're they're upping the severity of the convictions on people. So it is important to keep your cool out there. Um, you need to be calm. You have to. Um, three more months of masks. Yep. It's endless. We're in an endless cycle of lockdowns. Um, I'm pretty sure we can end that one now, can't we? Wow, look at this. What's happening here? Oh, wow. I can have an entire... I just discovered something new about the website I use. I can uh, have several videos shared at once now. Look, I'm on... Well, there's me. There's that one. There's back to that guy. So I could actually jump between videos if I wanted to. Very cool. Let's just uh, close those. I think we're done with that article. It was, it's, um, if you want to read the whole thing, my mom texts me and tells me to stop yawning. Awesome. Thanks, mom. Foxnews.com um, says White House, White House says domestic travel cookie requirements on the table due to Omicron variant. So Megatron variant, sorry. So if you want to leak, look up that article and read the whole thing yourself, you can. Um, Laura is saying lots of resignations lately all over the place, even SHA. So I assume that's Saskatchewan Health 
something. CEO Scott Livingstone resigned without reason today, and the number two in SHA um, resigned in October. All right, cool. This is my mom. Just putting a thumbs up on there. Thanks, mom. She's my biggest fan. But she's not a top fan on Facebook, so... She can't be my biggest fan. Um, all right, guys. What else do I need to look at? Oh, yes. This one could get me in trouble. This one could get me in trouble for sure. But we're going to play it anyway. I don't care. Um, some of it I'm going to have to stop and read. It is overwhelming, and it sends um, newspaper articles uh, very fast. Um, so I'm going to have to pause and read stuff. Um, this video is called resist your life literally depends on it. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's a horrifying thing. So we're just going to take a look. If you're listening to this on audio, it might not be, um, that awesome. You might need to come see this part or look up this video resist your life literally depends on it, and you can go watch for yourself. A Baker County High School senior is in the hospital after collapsing on the tennis courts. Breaking new details on the deaths of a high school soccer player. Finland, Denmark star man Christian Eriksson collapsing towards the end of the first half. The Kennedy High community mourning tonight after one of their high school football players died. A South Carolina high school football player has So you're going to actually see videos of people collapsing. Um, and, uh, there's actually a referee in a, in a basketball game when he collapses, he's like a dead body. It's like he went completely to sleep. His head, the back of his head bounces off the ground. He is out. It's like he was shot. Died after collapsing at football practice. Star college basketball player collapsing on the court. That was another collapse where the guy just drops and his head bounces on the ground because he is completely completely unconscious. We want to warn you, the video may be difficult to watch. Florida Gators star Keontae Johnson collapsing during the game. A West Catholic high school student has died after collapsing during a football scrimmage. On mile eight, she suddenly felt fuzzy and blacked out. 17-year-old Ryan Jacobs' heart stopped. Unexpectedly collapsed on the field. Megan went into cardiac arrest. Collapsing during Friday night's football game. Hold on. So, Florida high school football player dies after collapsing during practice. Josh Downey, cricketer, 24, dies after a heart attack at practice. An 18-year-old Hungarian football player collapsed on the field and died. He collapsed in the middle of the game. The young Flemish player collapsed at the end of the first half. Okay. Footballer collapses in match. In Eltendorf on Sunday, a player collapsed during the football game. That's soccer for my American friends. Eltendorf against Gerersdorf Souls. The 18-year-old was flown to the hospital by emergency helicopter. Oh. Oh, they did that one really quick. I just missed one. P. 
PA boy 12 collapses, dies at middle school basketball practice. There's a lot of these this year. Jens, 27, collapses on the football field and dies. I can't actually keep up with how fast they're showing them. Uh, Latino America Tour suffers another tragic another another tragic loss after Caddy collapses and dies. Player collapses in lower house game. Okay, I don't know what that means. C-League player collapses game in Flammer's back ends. Football C-League Dylan Berg Wiedelbach celebrated his first victory in Group 1 and a player from Herzenhain lost consciousness in Group 2. The ambulance arrived. So... <clears throat> After a collapse on the pitch, 17-year-old soccer player on the mend. Danish second division player Wessam Abu Ali collapses on the pitch. The game is abandoned. Some of these are uh, clearly translated. And so we're back on videos. Reason for his collapse is unknown. The reason why Manny collapsed in the first place still isn't known. Kjeldin U.S. very sick after the V-word. The body is not cooperating. 24-year-old hockey player dies after collapsing on ice in cardiac arrest. 80% of league is cookied. Pedro Obayang, 29-year-old professional footballer, suffers myocarditis after um, C-19 cookies, possible end of career. So you might be wondering how someone in such great shape could suffer cardiac arrest. It's a rare thing that happens. Ooh. Got two heart attacks. Hold on, I need to read that one. Got two heart attacks in a few hours. Died only 30... He, uh, he died at 37 year olds. He was a French professional footballer. Franck Barrier. Barrier has died. Franck... Player suffered a double cardiac arrest. This is a different guy. Atletico Goyoninsi confirmed through its official channels that the youthful Felipe de Jesus Moria Moriera suffered a double cardiac arrest. His condition is serious and he may lose his life. Emil Paulsen, footballer, collapses from cardiac arrest during game in Norway. So... Guys, if you're listening to this on audio, you get it. I'm just going to let it play for a bit because it's it's too many to even keep track of. The corner says the condition is rare. I saw that Josiah is saying that uh, they're blaming these issues on uh, dehydration. I haven't seen that one. What I have seen, though, is that um, climate change is, is, is causing heart attacks in babies and heart issues in children. But also, I saw an, uh, uh, an article from England on... Um, sorry, what was it on? It was on... Um, that the weather 
uh, turning to winter is actually the cause of uh, heart issues and blood clots. So you can get blood clots from the winter now in England. <clears throat> it's an amazing phenomenon. Here, I'll read this one because we're already here. At the age of 13, his heart stops while playing football. Petro saved in extremis by the defibrillator. So again, translated to English, not really a clear sentence. It's just one of those tragedies. It's just one of those tragedies. Did she have any signs nope. before this race? Absolutely not. She felt like I think that's about the um, the marathon runner again. She's in the best shape of her life. That's incredible. Yeah, marathon runner Alexeda Guedes dies of a heart attack. It's just endless, endless heart attacks. Endless collapses of children, 13, 16, 25. All athletes, though, is what we're focusing on. There's uh, really famous footage that I've seen of a of a of a professional uh, soccer player going down here. Clutches his chest. USC wants to attack, but you've got to be careful. Oh. We watched a ref collapse. This is a tennis player just collapsing mid-game from the New York Post. He collapsed. He collapsed. Oh. And when this ref passes out, his head bounces off the ground. It's it's awful. It's awful to watch. There was a guy, uh, it looked like he was maybe stretching, touching his toes on a soccer field. And he just falls backwards. We have a player down. His leg is doing that twitch thing. It's awful. Something happened to one of the referees. situation here so anyway as you guys can see um these people are collapsing and uh and dying so i do have one last thing today very exciting news i finally got my legacy standard bibles in the mail today and i'm going to show you guys one of them uh i'll give you a little rundown on it i'm going to change my camera angle to the flattering angle is what i like to call it and there it is hello very nice so i'll hold it up for you guys this is a legacy standard bible it is the handy size preacher's version which is the only full bible they have currently um this is in red cowhide and so you can't see it on here because 
I'm not in 1080p, I'm in 720, but it's like suede feeling. You know, if you have one of the brown cowhide New Testaments, you'll know that, or black, you'll know that it's like a little bit fuzzy, essentially. It's red and fuzzy. And this is the paste down version. And if you don't know what that means, I can explain it. Um, there's plenty of videos out there, but not everybody's a Bible collecting nerd. So here is the spine. It has gold lines, uh, not raised hubs. The goatskin versions or the edge line versions, I should say, all have raised hubs. And, uh, and uh, I'll, I'll explain the difference between that. So this, like I say, is a paste down. What that means is that the liner, and this is, most Bibles are like this. The liner is a glued down sheet of paper, and this is all one piece, okay? And so this is stiff, okay? So this is cowhide on thick paper, and what is interesting about these is that they lay flat right out of the box. So when you hold them up, they're extremely flat, what you'll find with the edge lined ones, which means that it's leather, a leather cover with a leather liner, um, they often have a solid support ridge down the spines, and they'll they'll take a while to relax and they won't lay as flat. Um, I I didn't bring down the other one, and also I bought these long before I knew I was losing my job, just in case anyone's interested in that. Um, I'll just get my other one. <clears throat> so, to show you guys, oh, I've showed this one before, I believe. This is just an NASB. It's called a Quintel Personal Size. It's a Skyler, but um, I'm just showing you. Uh, this is an edge lined Bible. So, it has a calfskin liner and a goatskin cover. And what 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 uh what happens is this cover is glued to this end sheet, so it goes in and it sandwiches in. There's a leather flap that sandwiches in there. There's like a hard piece of reinforcement there, and then it's sandwiched into two end sheets, and that's actually what holds your cover on your Bible. So uh, you can get edge lined lsbs as well you can get a hardcover one that is basically like the discount version it's the same amazing paper it's still a sewn binding it's just got a hardcover so that actually might be a thing for a lot of people it's actually a super nice bible it's just cheaper because it's not using the skin of a dead animal so yeah that's the difference between edge lined and um paste down bibles but the reason that i wanted to get into this uh is because um i like always have to close with some sort of bible information so i uh i don't know what everyone else's churches do but we uh we preach through the bible in an expository fashion Pastor James goes through the Bible verse by verse. And so he starts at one book and he works through that whole book. We take breaks here and there. We look at other things sometimes. But basically, we've been going through the Gospel of John. 
That's what he's been working on for a couple years. And we're in John 14. And so something that I thought was really interesting, um, I read John 14 preemptively and uh, just read some stuff on the opening verses. And um, I didn't realize this, but uh, a lot of people would use it as a defense of a pre-tribulational rapture. Now, if you're in the Reformed community, you probably uh, don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. That's okay. You still get to come, um, which I'm thankful for. So, John 14, if you don't know, the first section, that is the famous I am the way, the truth, and the life verse. But leading up to that, Jesus is um, talking about his dwelling place or having dwelling places for us in heaven. KJV says mansions. Um, the word is dwelling places. Uh, mansions literally would have meant rooms at the time. In fact, the BSB, the Berean Study Bible, it just translates it as rooms. And so I'll read that section for you guys. It says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And some translation says, you believe in God, believe also in me. And that is not a textual variant issue. That's a translation issue uh, from, what I can, uh, from what I understand. And then he goes on. Jesus says, in my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. So he's going away. To prepare a place for those who believe in him. Okay? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. So, this is right before Thomas talks to him and he says i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father but through me or but by me and um this is where people get an implicit understanding of a pre-tribulational rapture from um it's not to debate the issue in the comments i don't like i'm i'm heavily in that camp i'm i'm heavily in the pre-trib rapture camp okay but I thought this was very, very interesting um, because I'd never thought about this. Jesus is going to prepare a place for believers. Then he's coming back and he's taking us, it's me inferring that, taking us to be with him to another place. So if you don't believe in a pre-trib rapture, you would see Jesus coming back and setting up his established kingdom on earth and there is no taking away of believers to be with him um obviously this is not the definitive key text on that issue but i did think it was a really interesting um addition to this concept of jesus coming to take us away and that would be for a time because as we know, at the end of Revelation, Jesus is coming back 
Jesus is coming back to establish his thousand-year kingdom and then his eternal kingdom. Or for some of you, he's coming back to establish his eternal kingdom because he's already ruling and reigning in his millennial kingdom. Or he's establishing it over time. Or there is no millennial kingdom. You get my point. Jesus is coming back to set up a kingdom at some point, right? So... I already got a little bit of water damage on the Bible, so that is depressing. But it's okay. This is the one that I'm going to write in, so it's okay. I forgive myself. I have to forgive myself that I got a little water speck on my Bible page. Um. So, going on, though. Perfect way to end this podcast. Jesus says, and you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So keep that in mind. You cannot know God. If you do not know Jesus, you cannot go to the Father and bypass the Son. You cannot pray to God the Father directly without being with Christ. You must love the Son to love the Father. So what does that mean? As always, that means believing on Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. He is perfect and he came. And live the perfect life that you can't live. He became the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And when he went to the cross, the father poured out his wrath on Jesus. And Jesus, in turn, paid for the sins of all those who would believe on him. And was resurrected after three days, proving that he is God over life and death, that he is the ruler of all things. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. And so you must believe on that to believe in the Father. You must put your faith in Christ to be with the Father. If you want to see God, you must see Jesus. That's that's the end of the story. And... um that should not bother us should not be this concept of exclusivity because right now today you can believe on Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will be saved turn from your sin and turn to Christ hate your sin love Christ and with that guys I'm going to end this live stream I have a new outro video it might be kind of loud. I'm warning you in advance. Um, if you feel uh, like you want to support me and you like what I'm doing, please uh, go to the description and you can donate through Streamlabs or you can message me and donate to my PayPal directly. Um, I am in the process of working on merchandise. 
Um, it's a slow process because uh, I've never done it before. With that, guys, have a great night. I will see you next week.